Well, come here, listen, you stuck for any of them nappies, yeah. new nappies that I know. If you want there, I'll bring you up a few. You we should honestly, God, we should go for another walk one of the days on and uh, sort things out, you know? Yeah, yeah, but come here, uh, I wouldn't be pushing around the chair. Get one of them electric ones, wouldn't you? Let me stay in the... Yes! That's only the start of it! That's only the start of it! That's only the start of it, Robbie! I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. It's just three years since a hitman attempted to murder gang boss Owen Maguire, leaving him paralysed and dividing a town's underworld into two feuding mobs intent on wiping each other out for good. Since then, six assassination attempts, four brutal murders, including the torture and dismemberment of teenager Keane Mulready Woods, and a huge Garda effort to protect communities in the front line has turned Drogheda into a town under siege. So why has such an explosion of violence happened in an ordinary commuter town? Today, I'm talking to Irish independent crime correspondent Ken Foy about the origins of the Drogheda feud, about the murder probes which have netted some of the key players, about the social media taunts which have deepened the hatred between the rival sides and about the fears that a new generation is now rising from the ashes of war. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Ken, in July 2018, there was an attempted murder in Drogheda in County Louth, which has kick-started a feud which, for somewhere outside Dublin, is just so significant and probably was only ever rivaled in Limerick before this. So who was Owen Maguire and, and what happened that July day? Well, Owen Maguire was was the leader, I suppose the de facto leader of a, of a gang of almost 100 criminals. Um, he'd been a long-term for the target for the Gardaí and the Criminal Assets Bureau. And basically this gang were heavily involved in the dis- distribute, distributing drugs throughout uh, counties Loud and Mead. And they were very lucrative. Um, it was a very lucrative business for them. But it, a split began in that gang um, earlier in 2018. And um, after a number of kind of... Uh, Incidents of intimidation and and some assaults and and a bit of damage to property. There was an attempt made to murder Owen Maguire. Um, it was a miracle, really. He survived. He was shot multiple times. The chief suspect for doing it would be um, gangland serial killer Robbie Lawler, who has been s- since shot dead himself as part of the same dispute. But um, Maguire mm. mm. was left paralyzed after uh, surviving the assassination attempt. And basically, this was the first or the most serious incident that has led to to drop the feud, um, in which there has now been four murders and six attempted murders, and literally hundreds of violent incidents. So, did anyone ever get to the bottom of exactly what that incident was that caused them to split, or is it just one of these situations that something started to fester? You know, accusations over touting money, the usual. Well, well, money seems to be a factor. The, with, uh, the faction, I suppose, for legal reasons, we've always called them the anti-Maguire faction 
because be, mm. because we haven't legally been able to name some of the leaders of that particular gang. They had quite close links to a number of uh, very senior North Dublin criminals who um, some of these criminals were actually based themselves in the Drogheda area. Others are still based around Coolock and Donamede. And it, it, what's happened is it seems that um, it's, I suppose the Dublin criminals were in the years of the draw of the criminals and, and were basically saying, lads, you, you, can, you can do this um, on your own. You don't need um, to, this, uh, I suppose, traveller uh, gang who, who were being basically accused of bullying the younger, more volatile draw of the criminals. So um, the draw of the um, gang that ended up falling out with Maguire um, had very close links to these Dublin criminals as well. And no doubt greed comes into that because Maguire would, of course, been taking his cut of everything that happened in Drogheda. Um, so cutting out a middleman or anyone seen as being, um, you know, making money on the backs of others is always part and parcel of, of organised crime. Now, Drogheda is a town of, I think, a population of about 100,000 which I think is similar also to Limerick's population. But it's a very, it's a real commuter town. It's probably a town with a lot of money, you know, given that a lot of, uh, you have a lot of young couples have moved in. Uh, there's been new housing. It's a town that's really built up and it's got a lot going for it. It's, it's um, a great commuter spot for either Belfast or Dublin. Um, plenty of housing. And, uh, you know, it's, pretty hinterland there. You've got the coast to one side of it and, um, you know, nice walks and all the rest of it. So an attractive place to live, but it just seems to have this disproportionate amount of criminality and criminals. And I think um, you mentioned that the own Maguire faction had, what, 100 members? I mean, that's that's a really large grouping. Yes, I guess, well, you are talking, Drott is actually Ireland's largest town in terms of population. Mm. And as you rightly described there, Nicola, its geographical location being close both to Dublin and Belfast um, with, with the motorway network that we have now has made it basically a place where um, the drugs business was particularly lucrative. Um, it's a big town. Mm. It's it's close enough to um, Dundalk as well, another very big town, and um, it's also very close to County Mead. So uh, the gangs that basically control the drugs trade in Drogheda um, have a massive patch, a massive patch extending all the way back down to the north side of Dublin and all around Mead, and as well the, the whole county of Loud. Mm. So that is enormous. Now. Owen Maguire was in hospital for a long time, recovering from those very serious injuries and, you know, had some long-term injuries from it. But I think what we all sat up and noticed, firstly, when it came to this feud, was the taunting that was going on on social media. And a lot of this feuding and rows around these two gangs has basically been played out on social media. There was... There was one particular incident that uh, uh, was well shared where a rival criminal rang up Maguire. I think he might have been in hospital at the time and started, you know, taunting him about his injuries. That was a shocking piece of social media. I remember actually you showing me that in the office at the time. I came in the door and you showed you showed me um, the thing and I was I was very taken aback. 
Were you yourself? Well, I, I was. I suppose when you hear it, um, you have a, a big, you know, a main player in the anti-Maguire faction, uh, Paul Crosby, who's currently facing murder charges, actually. But um, he, the viciousness of the phone call where he's basically mocking old Maguire for being uh, paralysed. There's um, kind of sexual uh, taunts. It's it's a it really shows a real deep level of hatred, and it's it's that kind of when you get to hear that, I suppose it is shocking. But it's also a reason why the Gardaí will say that um, even though you know things have eased off a lot and draw, uh, that the feud will never end um, because of that level of hatred. There's no going back from that. No, it's kind of more an emotional thing than um, you know certain certain gangland crimes and murders are very clinical. They're carried out and you never know or hear from any individuals involved in it. You know, the murder will remain completely unsolved and you've no idea where the hitman came from or where he went. But in this case, they really were fighting it out publicly as well as everything. Um, The next significant thing that happened, correct me if I'm wrong, is the murder of Keith Brannigan in August of 2019 at a, a, a caravan park. Yes, um, this was the first. This was the first murder in the feud. It's it remains unsolved. Um, no one has ever been uh, charged in relation to it. The chief suspects are the um, Old Maguire gang. Um, the victim, Mister Brannigan, was a v- very much a low level member of the anti Maguire faction, and it's it seems that um, he was kind of a, a a very easy target. And it was you know it, this was the Maguire gang just laying down a marker. Um, mm. That that they, if they get the opportunity, they're going to go and and murder um, somebody. So um, th- the particular murder led to even more violence then in the weeks ahead, weeks and months ahead, in, in on the streets of Drogheda. And in particular, I think in in November of that year, just some months later, when Richie Carberry was shot dead. Now Richie Carberry was a major player in in gangland crime for a long time. Yes, Richie Carberry would have been one of. Um, I suppose they one of the most more senior uh, drug dealers in, in the entire country. Originally from um, the Kulak area of Dublin, he was living in Betty's Town. He was heavily aligned to the anti-Maguire faction, um, and he he was also involved in a number of very serious criminal disputes in Dublin. Um, he was the brother-in-law of Robbie Lawler who was um, due to get out of prison only a, a few weeks um, after um, Richie was shot dead. And I, I think they, it, it, the criminals that were involved in this were basically um, not only trying to take Richie Carberry out, but also trying to lay down a, a marker for Robbie Lawler, um, who, who apparently went ballistic in prison on finding out um, what had happened. He's his very close associate. So they were trying to weaken that side before Lawler came out as well. I mean, essentially, seriously weaken it. And Lawler would have been somebody that um, was feared even amongst the violent individuals that inhabit gangland. Lawler really stood out, didn't he? Um, yeah, well, absolutely psychotic is, is the description that some people have have said about him. And, you know, he was, he was chief suspect for... Um, at least three uh, unsolved murders in Dublin um, before he was uh, eventually locked up and then subsequently um, killed because of his involvement in this feud. But he was somebody that caused a huge amount of fear um, Mm. and he had a massive criminal pedigree. 
And again, on social media, and we should say, by the way, that I, I, I recall after the murder again of Richie Carberry that you seem to be almost standing alone realising what was to come and how significant that murder was and how it was going to be avenged at all costs. Um, when Robbie Lawler was released from prison, there was another sort of social media incident that uh, went viral. And Lawler was coming out of a city centre gym and a group of young guys approached him, took his gym bag off him, taunted him a bit and made a bit of a fool of him, didn't they? Um, and again, this was this was a kind of a call to war by, by these young, chaotic, um, cocaine-fueled thugs that were inhabiting this 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 world and this feud. Well, Robbie did not take very kindly to that at all. And the the, the um, particular video you're talking about actually caused it was around Christmas time, caused the Gardaí huge concern. Is in relation they could see kind of something serious was going to blow up here. And um, Lawler himself uh, was given official advice by Gardaí, who called to his home about an act of threat against his life. And this was coming from um, Cornelius Price, who who was one of, um, the clo- I suppose, a, a right-hand man of Owen Maguire. Um, Price and Lawler had already had a big row in, when they were both serving jail time 18 months earlier in Cork Prison. And um, things were really, really heating up. Um, lo- uh, the criminal, I suppose, that we nicknamed Mr. Big, was also um, gunning for Lawler. Um, and the situation, as I suppose, it, you know, Christmas turned into the new year, was there was major concern about um, serious bloodshed going to happen. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened, we, you know, within a couple of weeks of um, the start of uh, 2020. Now, Lawler, at this point, would have been the very top of the anti-Maguire faction. Am I right in saying that? Well, he, he certainly would have, because of his fearsome reputation. This is a man that, you know, was suspected of killing a number of people and um, his very volatile nature. Um, the anti-Maguire faction were delighted to have him around Rotterdam, shoving his weight around. People were genuinely afraid of him. So, which brings us to, as you say, there's the his release from prison, the tensions with the Richie Carberry murder, the tensions that had been growing within prison before he was released. You have Cornelius Price out and siding with the injured own Maguire. Um, and then in the January of that year, probably the most shocking crime I think we have seen in possibly the history of gangland in Ireland when a 17-year-old boy was abducted and murdered. Yes, the, the murder of Keane Mulready Woods is truly one of the most shocking murders. It, it generated international headlines. There was journalists over here from the UK, you, you know, a, a load of them. It, it, it was truly a shocking murder. It, the, the fact that um, these criminals dismembered his body and different different parts of his body were dumped at different locations. It really was horrific. Just remind us, Ken, just remind us exactly what happened because it was, I mean, he had first been reported missing, is that right, by his family? That, that's correct. Um, and it's suspected that he was lured to a house in Ratmullen Park um, where he was um, stabbed to death and then his body was dismembered. Um, Gardy had received information that certain um, body parts uh, belonging to the unfortunate teenager were to be delivered to the compound of Cornelius Price. 
it, which is in Gormanston in, in County Mead. Um, but because of the, I suppose, the increased guard activity that happened, the criminals got spooked and that actual part of Keane's body, his torso, was only discovered, it was buried on waste ground earlier this year. Um, other mm. body parts were dumped near one of uh, Robbie Lawler's rivals, um, who's suspected being involved in a video there where Lawler was taunted. Um, and then other body parts were discovered uh, near Croke Park. So it was really, it was a horrendous situation. I think his, his limbs were found in a, in a hold-all bag at Moatview Gardens in Coolock. And two days later, the head and hands were found in the back of a burning car in Ballybock. And as you say, the torso was found later in, in March in Wasteland. Now, since then, and that murder did shock the nation. I mean, there was, there was calls for crackdowns on crime. I think, um, you know, people stood up, politicians and law enforcers realised that there was a major problem in Drogheda that really needed extra funding, extra manpower, and this situation was an emergency one. Um, since then, there have been there's been a huge investigation into that murder, and I think you were writing there a couple of weeks ago that in total, to date, thirteen suspects have been arrested. Um, just tell us about the investigation and where it's got to at this stage. It's been a massive investigation, yeah. There's been 13 arrests and three, three men have been charged in relation to the murder. Two of those men uh, will face trial at the non-jury special criminal court. Um, mm. it, it, a trial that probably won't happen until the latter end of next year. Um, there's, there's been, a, a, I suppose, a constant series of arrests and what... I suppose the latest about it is there, there had often been a, a feeling that maybe just the murder itself had, was a drug fuel situation where um, these psychotic criminals just went out of control in an orgy of extreme violence. But the, la- the latest developments really indicate there was an ar- a recent arrest and this man was arrested basically because Gardaí were able to identify that he had bought phones uh, for at least two of the suspects that are suspected of being involved in it. So this, Nicola, shows that rather than being, a, I suppose, a, an, an orgy of extreme violence, you know, mm. it, this was something that was actually planned. They, um, there, there was planning behind this murder of this young teenager and who had only very small links to um, the, the Maguire faction. And his, his, his age, of course, has been the most horrifying thing of it all. But interestingly... You can see that the guards are going at this investigation in a way that is nearly becoming a blueprint now for gangland murders. Um, and we've seen it in some of the Hutch Kinahan feud murders and the trials that have happened subsequent to it, where you have people facing charges for supplying the phones, for supplying the cars, for maybe operating as a lookout. Um, so all aspects of it. I think there was a, a a phrase used in one of the cases that there there was one finger on the trigger, but many hands on the gun. So it's that idea that it takes a kind of a murder cell to actually either commit a murder or even attempt one, that there's more than just one or two people involved in it and that every single one of them will be gone after in the same way by the guards. Now, the region up there is being headed up by... Um, Chief Superintendent Christy Mangan, who's been around a long time and I think at one point was in the drugs unit. He certainly served time in Crumlin. Um, Christy is somebody that's known by 
by lots of people because he's 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 quite an outspoken cop, isn't he? And I think he has, um, you know, he has really fought for extra resources up there to help try and police this feud. But he's also tried to reach out to the community all the while that these um, murders and this chaos is happening. And he's tried to reassure the community. In particular, we're seeing a huge amount of reports of this low-level crime, which is the intimidation of people for drug debts, um, which is obviously funding the violence up the, up the rungs of the ladder. But as part and parcel of all that, you have terrified parents who are being intimidated beyond anything they could imagine and, and, and they're being put in fear to pay up money that they have no guarantee will be accepted as actually a settled bill. And I think that the the police in Drahad have been very active to try and reassure the community to come to them, to talk to them and to let them help deal with these sort of situations. Yes, Super, Superintendent Mangan is a vastly experienced uh, police officer and um, he certainly has put all that experience to very good use in terms of how he's led the, the policing effort in Drogheda. Um, it's almost an open door policy he has with the community, and um, he's always he's, he's played it straight as well. There's been no sugar coating what he's had to deal with. But they, you know, we spoke there about the, the murder investigation. But even last year in Drogheda, um, 98 people were arrested for Section 15 drug dealing, which is a phenomenal amount of people. Um, and so far this year, uh, 62, 62 people have been arrested for serious drug dealing. Um, for, a, you know, a town in Leinster, that's, they're amazing figures. But, um, yeah, the, the policing effort, it's, I suppose, the feud itself has been relatively quiet, especially now this calendar year. Some of the main players are abroad, including two brothers who'd be considered the, the leaders of the anti-Maguire faction. They, they first fled to, uh, to Mexico, where they spent a number of months but guard intelligence indicates that they're, they're now in Spain. They can't be named because they're facing very serious feud-related charges. But the guards um, have also pointed out, and I think they're basically indicating that, that these brothers are still active. They're still involved in uh, the supply of drugs into the town from Spain, even though they're, there's warrants out for their arrests. And not to put you on the spot, Ken, I know there's, um, you know, you have to be careful what you say about them and you can't name them. But what's their background? Like, where did they come from? How did they, they're, they're only still young, the two of them, aren't they? They are, I suppose they, like lots of things, they, they're from Drogheda. Um, they're, they're both still in their 20s. Um, they they be, would have been known to Gardaí, you know, for, I suppose, violent offences, also minor offences as teenagers. And just in the drug dealing world, they... Um, they became stronger and stronger and were a very, I suppose, pivotal in this whole, in this split between the gangs back in, uh, tw- in, the, in the gang, rather, uh, back in 2018. And mm. um, in the aftermath of Keen Mulready Woods' murder, when there was a lot of heat on the gangs, you know, there was national units up in Drogheda, these, these lads felt they, the best option was for them and their girlfriends to flee, flee the country. And they obviously had the funds to do that and to support themselves abroad all this time. Now, of course, we have to go back slightly to April of 2020, just four months after the horrific discovery of Keen Mulready Woods remains, when Robbie Lawler took a trip up to Belfast and uh, he never came back. Yes, well, um, there's two people charged in the North in relation to this, but um, 
it was one of the investigation into it is still very much ongoing and it's it seems to be mm. um one of the most tangled webs in the in the entire history of gangland in terms of the amount of different gangs that are suspected to having active involvement in it and this of course does include the Maguire faction but it also cl- includes their associates in the Limerick uh, McCarthy Dundon gang so um it was a massive tangled web yeah and one that's kind of uh, we can't go totally into yet we will hopefully in the future because it is it, you know it's like a, a work of fiction um sometimes it's hard to believe what you're hearing about us that that it could possibly be true there's there's sort of all sorts of uh double crosses and everything involved in it but nonetheless Robbie Lawler was murdered in April of 2020 and he would have remained the chief suspect for organizing and uh, being involved in the murder of Keen Mulready Woods didn't live to stand trial, but nonetheless, the guards believe that he was very much involved in that. Yeah, it's very, if he if he hadn't been murdered in Belfast, it's very likely um, Robbie Lawler would be in custody now, charged with the with the murder of Keen Mulready Woods. And finally, Ken, what's going on now? So the the kind of the the most aggressive of the tensions has depleted because. You were writing that there's there's um, dozens of of people now behind bars. You know they're either facing charges or they're in on 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 other things. So there's a lot of them being taken off the streets. You have the two main protagonists in the anti-Maguire faction abroad, um, but you know there is seems to be warnings that there's the next generation coming up already. Yes, well, the Gardaí. Um, gave a bit of a briefing last week, and what one thing's for certain, they're they're not becoming complacent, you know, because they're still younger associates of, of both factions in the town. As I was saying about all those sixty-two uh, seizures for serious arrests for serious drug dealing already this year, it just you know there where there's um, a demand for drugs, which there will always will be. Um, these people are are going to be there to supply it or to attempt to supply it, and with that comes money. And the power that they have, and the violence associated with it. So it's still it's still something where the tensions are still bubbling under the surface there, and obviously, police and Drahad are very much aware of the fact that this could could explode again at any time. Well, Ken, let's come back to this when we can talk freer about other aspects of this feud because it is whatever else an absolutely fascinating uh, story of gangland crime and. Um, as some of these things go through the courts, we can we can talk about them more more freer. So for the moment, Ken Foy, thank you very much. Thanks, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.